You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Risen and ascended. That's what we'll celebrate this week. And that Jesus has ascended into heaven so that he might pray and so that we might pray. Dear Maggie, your baptism delivers to you all kinds of gifts, the forgiveness of your sins, the everlasting life, deliverance from death and the devil. It makes you a friend of God. It marks you with the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and gives you the gift of being adopted into God's family. Paul writes this, Galatians 3. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And now this high and holy privilege of being part of God's family opens for you and for all of the baptized, that's all of us, the gift of prayer. This Sunday is Rogate Sunday, which means it's the Sunday of Christian prayer. And it's and it's particularly the Sunday on which we consider what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. John 16 was our gospel text, and in it Jesus says, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And then a couple of verses later, Jesus says, In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf. The Father himself loves you because you've loved me. And believe that I came from God. So that, dear saints, when we pray, when you pray in the name of Jesus, we have the promise that God the Father hears our prayers and is pleased with our prayers, delights in our prayers, and will answer our prayers. Now, I admit to you all that I always feel funny preaching a sermon on prayer because while there is a chance that I am better at you than at a couple of things, I might know my Bible atlas a little bit better I certainly am the best in the room at making fun of Pastor Flammy. I know that without question. But this is something that I'm certain that you are better than me at, and that is at saying your prayers. Now, I know that because I've sat with you and I've talked with you about your prayers because I've heard what you pray for, because I've heard you pray, because I know that you all are constantly praying for me and for Pastor Flammy and for your church and for your family and for the world. I know that you watch the news and you pray for the people that you see are hurting on the news. Or you read your newspaper and you pray for the people that you read about. And that you pray your portals of prayer. That you look at our weekly devotional praises and you use them. That you even use your hymnals in your prayers. Uh, this is a bit of an aside, but... I remember when I was first becoming a Lutheran, or before I was, in the transition, in high school especially. And I remember looking at the Lutherans and thinking to myself, why don't these Lutherans ever do any good works? <laughs> I was theologically an evangelical. And, and because I, evangelicals do not have the confidence of baptism and the confidence of the Lord's Supper, they are always looking for the confidence of their faith the confidence of God's love for them by their accomplishment of good works. And these were often put on display. 
Uh, now, to go from this to the Lutheran church, I remember looking around and thinking, why doesn't anyone do any good works around this place? Why aren't the people bragging about how long their quiet time was this week or how God answered their prayers or uh, and performed some sort of miracle? Or, or why aren't they talking about some sort of sacrifice that they made or some new insight that the Holy Spirit put into their hearts? Are, the, are these Lutheran, Lutherans even Christians? <laughs> but then I became a pastor, and then I came to your houses, and then I found with you, all of you, a quiet unassuming, constant piety of reading God's Word and praying. And there's nothing showy, there's nothing braggy, because there is, you know, nothing to prove to God or to the person next to you. But there is, I have found, an impressive humility that even hides or diminishes the good works that you are doing, and especially the good work of prayer. Now, I am convinced that this congregation, Hope Lutheran Church, Stands that the preaching of God's word happens from this pulpit, that we have the gift of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and we have a roof keeping the snow out because of your prayers, because of the prayers of this congregation, your prayers for Pastor Flammy, for me, for all the families of the congregation, for the neighborhood, and for our church. God be praised. Now, as a second little aside, too, <clears throat> I've also been impressed as I've learned from you all, how much the hymnal is used in your prayers. Now, this is especially true with our homebound members, how they, they treasure their hymnal. They have their hymnal right next to their Bible. They always have their favorite hymns ready for Pastor Flammy and I to sing. They read their hymns as part of their devotions, and this is really quite wonderful. Now, a lot of churches, you know, have, have made the change completely to the new hymnal, but this is one of the reasons that I'm particularly hesitant to do such a thing because I know that this old red TLH is such a part of your prayers. It was one of the things that they taught us at the seminary. Pastor Flamiel confirmed this, that we should come into the congregation and we should teach the congregation how to use the hymnal as a prayer book. <laughs> but you have taught me that. Taught me how to pray the hymns. Taught me what it means to look to the Lord for all good things. Taught me how to treasure the liturgy and how that sustains us through suffering, through sickness, even through dying. And you have taught me what it means that the Lord delights to hear our prayers. Thank you. You have been taught this now in the school of suffering. Uh, the, the Bible teaches us that the Lord disciplines those whom he loves, which means that our suffering is a schoolroom, and the Lord puts us in that room to teach us. The Lord teaches us faith. He teaches us to trust in him when the road is dark. He teaches us hope that we would lift our eyes to the brightness of his second coming. He teaches us in the school of suffering, he teaches us love, how to care for each other, how to love one another, and even how to be loved. And especially in our suffering, our Lord teaches us to pray. In the midst of suffering, we're brought back to our prayers. When we hurt, we remember to pray. When our loved one is sick or dying, then we remember to pray. When something is bad is happening, we can't do anything about it, then we remember to pray. 
When we're hurt or we're angry or we're confused or we're worried or we're sorrowful or we're dying, then we remember to pray. And this is right because our prayers rise up out of weakness. Prayer comes from our need. When we know what we lack, what we need, what we desire, then we know what to pray. When Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be thy name, it is because we need most of all for God's name to be holy among us. When we pray thy kingdom come, it is because we desperately need the Lord's kingdom to come. In fact, the seven petitions of the Lord's prayer are simply a list of things that we need most in life. Now, it might not be the list of things that we think we need, but it is the list that the Lord, in fact, knows that we, his Christians, need, and he tells us what to pray for. Now, this is back to the topic at hand, which is prayer in the name of Jesus. To pray in the name of Jesus does not simply mean to say, in the name of Jesus, at the end of our prayers. That, in fact, is treating the Lord's name like a magic charm. But neither is to pray in the name of Jesus so much about what we are praying and asking for. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray as a forgiven child of God who is mercifully brought into the Lord's presence by his own death and resurrection. Now, my friend Pastor Melius at at Mount Zion uh, tells a story to illustrate this, and it goes like this. In fact, he got it from a man named John Phillips. There was a little boy who once stood outside the gates of Buckingham Palace in London. He wanted to speak to the king, but was harshly rebuked by one of the guards at the gate, so that he began to cry and walk away. And then along came a very well-dressed man who asked the little boy to explain what was wrong. And when he heard the story, the man smiled at the boy and said, Here, hold my hand. I'll get you in. Just you never mind those soldiers. And as the little boy took his hand and they walked towards the guard, he was amazed as he saw the soldiers stand at attention and present arms. They walked past the guard And straight into the palace, they continued along the carpeted halls through huge doors past many officials until they were standing before the throne of the king. The little boy didn't know it, but he had taken the hand of the Prince of Wales, the king's son, and through him had gained access to the highest power in the land. Now, Pastor Melius comments, Just think of that. Through Jesus, through Jesus' name, through the Son, the Lord grants you an audience with him at any time and in any place through prayer. We may not be as clean and holy and pure as we would like, but we can honestly say that not one time in all of your failures Not one time in all of your inconsistencies, not one time has he ever turned his back on you. Regardless of your failures, regardless of your spiritual condition, he always stands waiting for you with his arms open and his ears open saying, my child, I've been waiting for you to call on me. (laughs) This is wonderful. I mean, here we sit in our sin and our death, appalling to God like a stench. 
But Jesus has come. He's come into our filth. He's taken up our sin. He's died our death. He's covered us with his blood. He's washed us clean and pure in our baptism. He's made a way for us into the Father's eternal presence and joy. And he has sent into our hearts his Holy Spirit. So that he gives us the confidence that he is pleased with you. And by his Holy Spirit, he is teaching us to be pleased with him. To delight in his goodness. To rejoice in his name. To desire his kindness. To love his word. And to ask him for these things. And this, dear saints, is prayer in the name of Jesus. It is not a prayer to a stranger. Our unknown God who art in heaven. Our stranger who is somewhere up there. No, this is a prayer of the children of God to our heavenly Father who art in heaven. Who, because of Jesus, loves you. Who, because of Jesus, delights in you. And who, because of Jesus, hears your prayers and answers them. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.